Have you subscribed to the Comfort and Joy podcast from the Church of England? Advent episodes featuring reflections, readings and prayers, as well as additional weekly stories of generosity from around the country, will be released weekly from Advent Sunday until Christmas Eve. Then, starting on Christmas Day, episodes will be released daily until the 2nd of January. And in addition to reflections, readings and prayers, we'll also feature carols recorded by St Martin's Voices. Listen to the Comfort and Joy podcast this Advent and Christmas, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop down ye heavens from above, and may the skies pour down righteousness. Welcome. Welcome to the centre of London, and welcome to Trafalgar Square. And here on the edge of Trafalgar Square, welcome to St Martin in the Fields, where today we're celebrating Advent Sunday. Advent is the time where we wait. We wait for the coming of Christ, but we wait in hope for the one who is going to set us free. And don't we need that hope at this present time? And don't we need that setting free in this time of lockdown? Our choir for today is the Choral Scholars and our preacher for today is the Vicar of St Martin's, the Reverend Dr Sam Wells. In the name of God, who in Christ turns judgment into mercy, we welcome you, grace to you, and peace. Amen. Amen. A voice cries out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. We turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations 
into the peace of your kingdom. Forgive our divisions and discord. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Forgive our selfishness and pride. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Forgive the ways we are unprepared. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, have mercy on you forgive you your sins, and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. People of God, awake. The day is coming soon when you shall see God face to face. Remember the ways and the works of God. You are God's children. Lord, make us one as we walk with Christ today and forever. Amen.
a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up and do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. Hope in waiting. My youthful encounter with hope emanated from sayings such as, I hope so, giving up hope, you must never lose hope, and it is hopeless. Sayings that clung to me as I cruised through my teenage years and matured into early adulthood, never really fully understanding their real significance. Later on, it was said of hope that it breeds eternally in the human breast, and that where there is life, there is hope. Then the dawnings began. Out of the shadowy domain of hope emerged the thought that hope must be something longed for, something wished for, something to look forward to, something anticipated, some unspecified and still unfulfilled desire entertained by most people, a longing that finds its ultimate expression in our hope of salvation when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, returns to claim his people. Perhaps the negative side of hope, given expression to in words and phrases such as hopeless and giving up hope, offer a sharper focus to our understanding of the true meaning of hope. For hopeless suggests impossibility, something that can never really happen, something that you stop wishing for. And of course, giving up hope suggests that you have stopped dreaming you have stopped wishing, you have stopped believing, none of which things we as human beings are capable of doing, since, as we have said, hope breeds eternal in the human breast. And this is perhaps suggestive of the truth that where there is life, there is indeed hope. Hope then 
must be that wonderful expectation of things yearned for, that glowing, comforting inner expectation of better things to come. And it finds its most fervent expression in our prayers and sometimes too in our music. Our solicitation to God to improve the quality of our daily lives and perhaps provide the assurance of a brighter future. Our taking deep comfort and solace in the words and cadence of our music. No wonder hope is so much more prevalent among the disadvantaged and the sidelined peoples of this world. The poor, the humble, the sick, the hungry, those deprived of so many of the advantages that others take for granted. Hope for change, even when change is so long in coming. Hope for change we might never see in our own lifetimes. Hope for salvation and a future shared with God. And yet, sometimes we miss out on an essential aspect of hope. Hope is an emotion. And along with desire, faith, love, sex, enthusiasm, and romance, they have collectively come to be known as the positive emotions. Those same positive emotions that color human life and positively impact our thoughts and actions. But hope's very fulfillment is inexorably linked to faith. For faith is that elixir, that special something which impacts life and adds transformative power to and color our hopes in such a manner as to speed them on their way to the only source capable of providing answer to the things we hope for. If we have faith, if we firmly believe that our hopes will be realized, then the likelihood of their fulfillment is greatly enhanced. Without faith, our hopes are dashed from the beginning. And so, in the midst of the devastation wreaked by the COVID-19 pandemic, striking as it has in the depth of my current horrible and yet undesirable economic destitution, I fervently hope that a hugely successful cure, a trusted effective vaccine would be found for the coronavirus and freely made available to the entire planet. I fervently hope that our world leaders would be more astute in dealing with this virus problem, as well as all the other problems that beset the human race. I earnestly hope that the human race will develop greater faith and deploy it in their hopes and aspirations. And I passionately hope for my own financial salvation and the rectification of my immigration status here in the United Kingdom. I forever hope for the success and well-being of my children. As far as my hope for my personal salvation is concerned, I hope and trust that I have already made my peace with my Lord and my God. But all my hopes, all my desires, all my wishes are firmly buttressed by an unyielding faith. Faith in my God, faith in my Savior Jesus Christ, faith in the resurrection, faith in the life to come, faith that all my hopes, all my dreams, all my wishes will all come true. I live in hope perpetually.
the journey through Advent. It's walking on shaky grounds, not knowing what to expect. I am aware that I seem to be exhaling the gray and dark areas of uncertainty and despair, but I also find myself inhaling glimpses of hope through the kindness of strangers, families, and friends, the indescribable beauty of the sky at the rising and setting of the sun, and from the smallest to the greatest of his creation that surrounds me, God speaks. Even though I am still walking on shaky grounds, I realize I am not alone. There is this growing expectation, not unlike Mary waiting to give birth, but for me it's the birth of something being refreshed on hearing the good news being told once more and discovering new revelations. It's as if I'm not just hearing, but truly listening for the first time. It takes me on the road to Emmaus, talking to the stranger about my anxieties and pains, my doubts and fears, and then listening as he talked passionately about the scriptures. I realized I had lost my way for a moment, and the stranger knew this. I believe that walking, talking, and listening to Jesus, especially in these challenging times, has anchored my hope and trust in him. This is passion that should never die, that journeying towards Advent can restore if it does. It's all the elements of the Nazareth community. Silence, sacrament, service, scripture, sharing, Sabbath, stain, the experiment of being. This is what Advent means to me. A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender, and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. 
It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, Keep awake. Egypt and Babylon. The Old Testament is shaped around these two stories. Slavery in Egypt is not Israel's fault, but the time in Babylon is self-inflicted sorrow, grief that Israel brought on itself by turning aside from God's ways. I wonder how that embarrassment and discomfort touches you. I wonder if there's a suffering and pain in your life that need not have been because it was self-inflicted. It may have been a very visible place like Babylon was for Israel. Perhaps you know what it means to face public humiliation. Or it may be a secret known only to you 
or perhaps one or two others. Maybe you feel angry or paralyzed that you have to live your life with this secret weighing you down. Hear these words of Isaiah. Comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. I want to look closely at what these words might mean for you today. Israel has four reasons to find God's dazzling new word hard to credit, four obstacles to accepting God's comfort. Here's obstacle one. When you've made a mess of things, when you've sinned big time, there's a lot of hurt, but there's also damage. Damage refers to the lasting practical effects of what you've broken. For Israel, the hurt was its estrangement from God. The damage was the fact that it was in Babylon, a 500 miles from home. But God says, cry to Jerusalem that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. In other words, her sin is forgiven and its consequences are healed. That's the difference between forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness deals with the sin, but after the sin is forgiven, there's still the damage to be faced. Healing addresses the damage, and it sometimes takes a whole lot longer. Now for obstacle two. We're 30 days journey from home, and in between are mountains, valleys, and all sorts of difficult terrain. God says, every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Don't worry about the road back. You're going home on a six lane highway to Zion. So to obstacle three, the flesh is weak. We say, I just haven't got it in me to face the future. I'm tired. The grass withers, the flower fades. I'm like the grass. But see how this obstacle is dismantled like the previous ones. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. You don't have to do this alone. You're going to do this in God's strength. You shall mount up with wings like eagles. You shall walk and not faint. Then obstacle four, fear. Here we're in for a big surprise. Behold your God. We're face to face with God. God is mighty, has overcome our weakness, flattened the mountains and valleys and repaired the damage we've done. But it turns out God's really a shepherd who loves us sheep. God doesn't drive us faster than we can go. And when the going's too much for us, God says, let me gather you into my arms and carry you in my bosom. Behold your God. This is a body coming back to life. First mineral rocks, valleys, rough ground, then vegetable, grass and flowers, finally animal, sheep and lambs. There's an ecological coming alive here. The animal, vegetable, and mineral world is coming out of exile too. There's a political coming alive here. Israel is emerging from half a century of obscurity and subjugation. 
and there's a personal coming alive here, as we've just been exploring. Israel's alienation from God has ecological, political, and personal dimensions and consequences. God resolves these consequences in an ecological, political, and personal way. This is resurrection. When Jesus appears in Galilee, John the Baptist says all these promises are about to come true. Jesus is about to bring Israel back to life. God the Father is saying to God the Son, comfort, O comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. That's how God announces to Israel that her exile is over. And that's how God is announcing the same news to you this Advent, today. Comfort ye. You have served your term. Your penalty is paid. God is making a straight way for you. You may feel like grass in the wind, but you will be borne up like an eagle on the wings of God's Spirit. God will lead you like a shepherd and say, let me carry you in my heart. Don't stay in exile anymore. God doesn't want you there. Here is your God, speaking tenderly to you.
Let us pray. Tender God, be close to all who spend their lives in the midst of hurt and damage. Transform all who struggle with guilt and regret. Give them a new story, the way you gave a new story to Israel in Babylon. Lord, in your mercy, Generous God, walk with any who feel they have an impossible journey ahead. Lift up every valley, make low every mountain and hill, level the uneven ground, make the rough places a plain, and take them home. Lord, in your mercy, Restoring God, empower those whose flesh is weak. Visit any who fear they are like withered grass or faded flowers. By your word that lasts forever, uphold your children in places of weariness and failure. Lord, in your mercy, Intimate God, meet us in the details and moments of our lives. Like a shepherd, gather us in your arms and carry us in your heart till you have brought us to the place where sorrow and sighing reign no more. Lord, in your mercy,
Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armour of light now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to us in great humility, that on the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray, each in our own first language. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be with you and all those whom you love this Advent, now and forever. Amen. Amen.